up, everybody? We back. R2C2. Another week. I'm back this week. Yeah, man. Um, we had to work without you last week. We had referee Richard Jefferson sitting in. Yeah, I <laughs> seen that last night. How cool was that, man? Yeah, that's a, that's a lot of pressure, though. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's a... That's a lot of work. That's good. Kudos to him for doing that shit. That's crazy. For anyone who doesn't know what we're referring to, our good our good friend Richard Jefferson, um, which if you missed last week's episode all about the KD Kyrie stuff, Richard was great. I'd recommend going back and, and listening. But Richard, he went through like actual officiating school uh, over the last couple weeks. And, oh, and, did he? Yeah. He, he went to school oh, and shit? Oh, yeah. He went through like really tr- like training and schooling. I'm sure not to the extent of that you have to in order to be an actual NBA ref, but like legit, yeah. but legit schooling and training. And then he officiated the second quarter of yesterday's uh, Nick summer league game. Now, see, I did not see Richard's game, but what a cool thing to, uh, to actually get a feel for how difficult that job is. Yeah, no, I mean, I think it, it'll give you like a little perspective on, you know, when you're starting to get on the refs and all of that. I've seen like some highlights, I guess, he forgot to put his hand up on one of the threes or something like that. So people were all over him. But yeah, I mean, when you when you get a chance to do, you know, that job, uh, it just gives you some gives you some perspective on how hard it is. So it's uh it's cool that he did that. So that means you're gonna be training to become an umpire for a spring training game next year? Never in my life would I do some <laughs> shit like that. <laughs> you never would. You never would do it. No, hell uh-huh. no. I mean there's no, 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 thanks. What's funny is, you know, you'd be terrible. And then all of a sudden you you seem like a hypocrite criticizing all these umpires and it would take away your juice. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, or I'll be really good and they want me to do it every game. <laughs> <laughs> you got enough jobs. Ugh. Yeah, I got, I got too many jobs right uh, now. I'm trying, I'm trying to trying to get my golf game together. Well, I was going to say, including being a professional golfer, apparently. Man. What, what yeah, are you so, playing now? Five, six times a week? My goodness. Man, I'm trying to play as much as possible. I just left that that Tahoe tournament. Um, American Century, right? American Century, yeah. They they put on such a great event. John Miller, NBC Sports, uh, Gary Quinn, David Muller. They, they do such a good job of, you know, uh, putting on the event and making it like a real PGA event. So it's a... Uh, it's a lot of fun to get out to Tahoe. This was my second year. I got some improvement. I tied Barkley, cuz. Very nice. So, and that was that was his best finish, best finish um that he's ever finished out there. And that was my second time playing. So, you know, he's been playing for 30 years. I've been playing for three, so I'm on my way up. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It, <laughs> isn't he like a notoriously crappy golfer though, see? You know what? Man, I played the second round with him, cuz, and he's not ah, that bad. Okay. He like by around hole thirteen or fourteen, he gets tired. Okay, <laughs> but his swing ain't bad because <laughs> nice. like the the hitch is gone. Uh, um, oh, all right, like, very good. And, and and he's driving the shit like two ninety, three hundred yards. Like it's crazy, man. It, because everybody hears how bad he is, but he's a bogey golfer. Oh, like, I would sign until, for being a bogey golfer for life. Anybody yeah. will fucking sign yeah. up to be a bogey golfer. Yeah. But until he gets tired, then, you know, shit starts happening. But for a good 13, 14 holes, if he didn't have to walk, I bet you he would have, I mean, it would have been close with me him and Woodson. But but he's shooting like 90. He's shooting like, yeah, like 90, maybe like 85 on a good day. 
You know huh. what I'm saying? I will. I yeah. will. Where do I sign up for that? We man? signing up for yeah, that man, shit. Like, you know what I'm saying? If I could do that for life, I'm happy. Yeah, like, when I got we got paired with him on the, on the second round, I was I, you know I was anxious to see him because I'd never seen him play. Yeah, I've been knowing Chuck for a long time, but never seen him you know actually play with him. But man, it was it was a fun round to play with him. He was having fun talking. It was just a normal round, but he's actually good, guys. It's actually pretty funny to to see that. He's he's known to be notoriously bad, but he's not that bad. We have not had him on R two C two, have we? We have not. We should. We have not. We, he would come on. You, he would definitely come we on. We should work on that, man. Would you? Yeah, for sure. Would you shoot? Would you? Would you be comfortable shooting him a text to ask him to come on? Absolutely, that absolutely. Would, that would be he, great. He, yeah, we talked right after the right after the tournament. Um, again, just talking about how funny it was that we tied, but. Yeah, no, it was uh he it's funny, but I think he'd be good. He'd be a good guest to come on. He'd be great, man. Everybody also says, see, and you actually know him and have a relationship with him. I've only met him in passing. He's always been so kind, but everybody always says he is one of the greatest all-time dudes. Just oh, like yeah. like phenomenal, magnanimous, and just like unbelievably generous with his time to fans, all that stuff. Yeah, super cool. And and that's what was fun. Like, you know, because there's so many fa- fans out there at Tahoe and you know, you stop and sign so many autographs and, um, you know, just to see him be in, a, in a, such a good mood to do it is is cool. And and I think that's why we go out there is just to be around the fans and kind of enjoy the people and, and hang out. Well, OK, so for people who've never and I know a lot of our audience is familiar with the event, but for people who are not familiar with the event, what, can you just give them a brief overview of what the event is? See, because like it's got a lot of athletes and celebs out there. Yeah, so it's just a it's a um, American Century Championship. Uh, it's in Tahoe every year, um, and I think they've been doing it now for thirty three years. Um, and it's just you know the who's who of of sports, man. From everybody from Aaron Rodgers to Michael Pena to uh, Alfonso Ribera, like you'd be surprised who's good golfer, who loves golf. Um, you know, I, I spent a lot of time with Colin Jost out there. He's a he's a big time golfer, has a lot of fun. Um, I mean, it's just a cool event and and all the guys that they pick to to be in the event are really cool. They make sure that they weed out all the assholes, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so all the guys are fun. It's Marcus Allen and Emmett Smith and you know, last year was Strahan and Tuck. They missed it this year, but you know, Charles Woodson, RG3, it's just um, Nick Jonas, I mean, you know, Miles Teller. It was a, uh, it was a good crew, man. It was, it was super, super dope. So they like you could, you know, you could be a person of stature, but if you are not, if you're not like a cool person, they're not inviting you out there to that. And 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 they may invite you one time, and then they figure out that you're not that cool, like that cool of a person. Yeah. And then you're not coming back. I love that, man. This <laughs> right. Is, this is actually a great way to figure out. You know, what celebrities are assholes <laughs> and what celebrities are good people? Like, invite them all once, and then you yep. see who gets the invite back, and that's how you know. That's how you know. Oh, my Absolutely. gosh. How, Colin Jost, I love, I love on SNL. He, he seems, he also, uh, he's married to one of my top five celebrity crushes, Scarlett Johansson. He seems like a, a lovely and, and humorous person. Was he, was he delightful company? Yeah, he was, man. We had a good time. Uh, we played the first round Tuesday together, um, got to hang out, and, you know, we spent a lot of time going to dinner or whatever, you know, because we were both at the hotel. So, um, yeah, man, it was fun to be able to 
chop it up with him and just see who loves golf. You know what I'm saying? And like, who's really into it. He's a, he's a, a member at a country club pretty close here. So uh, hopefully we get a chance to play when we we'll be back up here. But yeah, man, it's, it's, uh, it's cool to bond over a sport that nobody that we're all not that good at. Yeah, you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, you know, you get Charles Woodson out on the golf course. Obviously he's, you know, a freak athlete, Hall of Famer, but then he struggles on a golf course like you. Yeah, you know, so like yeah, yeah. you have that in common. What's crazy is I played the last round Sunday morning with Jim McMahon. He's never missed this, this event. He's been here every year. Bro, he had foot surgery eight months ago and it got infected and he's got like this gnarly like uh you know thing on his ankle and he played Sunday he played the whole weekend in a boot barefoot cuz but smashing drives fucking <laughs> 300 yards like when I tell it was so impressive cuz yeah. it was it was it, it was his right leg so it was his back foot um and he would just set up and dig his dig his left foot in and like take a hack and like pick that foot up but it was he was smashing drives right down the middle, cause it was insane, cause shit was crazy. Wow, man, that's on amazing. On one leg, dude. this shit was yeah. crazy, legendary. You know what's funny, man? Like I aspire to be able to like, not that I'm getting an invite to that, but play in those kind of events, right, or charity things or whatever. And it's like, I probably oversell my not being good. Like when I go and play with people like, yeah, I never play whatever. And they think I'm going to like be all over the place. And then I'm decent, you know, like I, for, for someone who doesn't play, I'm going to shoot like around a hundred, you know, like it, as you saw when we played, you know, but if I'm just like, if I could just hit my driver straight off the tee, which I know, yeah, well, everyone says that, but like, really most people who play a lot. Like they're going to, they're going to shank a drive or two around. But for the most part, they're going to be straightish off the tee, right? Like, yeah. you know, in play, I should say, off the tee. If yeah. if I can be in play with my driver off the tee, I would feel good playing in any t- kind of tournament like that because everything else, I'm be a little here or there from time to time, but I'm, but you're I'm, fine. I'm pretty it's, fine, it's, yeah. It's getting off the tee. Yeah, yeah. For me, yeah. it's and, getting off the tee. And, and it, like, the first time you try to get off the tee with people around. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's one yeah. thing that you're like, yeah. It's, you know what I'm saying? It's one yeah. thing to be able to hit your driver yeah. and it's fine. But then when you get motherfuckers out there oh. and like there's people behind you, it's people walking on the like up and down the cart path and shit, like then you get a, you get a little nervous oh, the first man. time. You oh, know what I'm saying? Like oh. Uh, dude, I would be, oh my gosh, I would be so, so nervous. Because even like if I'm playing with someone who's like not like my dad or I play, yeah. I play often with my dad's best friend. But you get nervous like, when you when you don't know who no, you play. No, 100%. Yeah. Like even if it's yeah. just like a friend of a friend I've never met. No, like, so yeah. can you imagine, so can you imagine, Ryan, if you showed up on the, the Thursday of the American Century Championship and you're playing with, Joe Buck and um, Emma Smith. I'm trying. To, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, no. You, I mean, you know Joe Buck, but you've yeah. never met Emmett. You yeah. don't know his game. Yeah, you don't know if he's gonna be serious. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, I'm nervous all, as hell. Yeah. All of that shit comes into play when you when you play in these fucking tournaments like that. It, the the mind, the mind. It's so powerful, man. Like, this shit, oh. it, it sucks. So how, how, <laughs> but have you? But you're playing pretty well. In these tournaments now, I played. Yeah, so last year, last year uh, after the first day, I had negative twenty two points. Like I was minus twenty two. How do so you I win think points? I was in second to last, I think. Uh, 
I think a, a birdie is worth two points. A par is worth one point. Um, a bogey is no points. And a double bogey is minus two. Gotcha. So after the first round last year, I was minus 22 points. Gotcha. <laughs> this year, yeah. after the all three rounds, I was only minus 26. Wow. You know what I'm saying? Man, nice. So I'm on, my, I'm on my way up. You know what I mean? Like Nice, man. Yeah. So I, the first day, I was minus nine. And then the second day... I was only minus five. I played good the second day. And then the third day, I couldn't find my, I couldn't get off the tee box. Oh, yeah. I'm, so, which happens. I'm Coney. I remember Coney used to do the event, I think. And he said it was great. He was like, it's, it's a, fun, man. It's so fun. It's so fun. He's actually, shout out to Coney, speedy recovery. He had hip surgery uh, the other day, this week. Oh, really? Yeah. Is he not doing the Sunday night games right now? He's not, he did last week. And that was his last one. And then this maniac did Sunday night baseball. Drove through the night from Boston and then got surgery at 7 a.m. the next on Monday. Like, yeah, well, I mean, what's uh, wrong with that? Dude, I'm like, David, you're gonna get off the by the way, Sunday night's game was just a tad long. It was very Yankees Red Sox. Yeah, but I'm then like, you go you can't eat anyway. You go straight to the hospital and then you they put you in that sleeping shit. You're gonna sleep anyway. <laughs> I if I'm driving through the night, I am struggling to not eat. Like I am gonna be like I need yeah. you know what I mean? I need something to keep me awake. I was just like, get a car or something, man. Coney's, yeah. dude, Coney's the best. He's just like, Coney's a beast. Oh, I love that guy, man. He's just, he's, he is everything you'd think he is as a teammate, as a player, like, or everything I imagine that he was as a teammate, as a player, is what I experience of him as a broadcaster, as a teammate, you know? So he's out on the Sunday night games for a while? Just for or? two, just for two weeks, I think. Um, one or two weeks. And then he's, uh, and then he's back. Um, you had a bunch of yes games, right? Like yeah, the- I had eight straight. Yeah, it was great, man. And I, including a couple at Fenway, um, which unfortunately for Michael, he got COVID. I would have just had the first six, but he yeah. got he got COVID. So then I ended up getting the first two at Fenway. And for me, you know, I don't usually get those games because Michael's never going to take off Yankees Red Sox, right? Yankees Red Sox, so, yeah. Um, and it was, it's, so it's a special experience for me, man. And just like walking into that ballpark, feeling Yankees, Red Sox, feeling Fenway. I'm like, man, like it was, oh, I loved it, man. And, and, uh, and I got the two wins of the series. So that was good too. Yeah. yeah. What about Pittsburgh? Do you enjoy Pittsburgh? Dude. I, that place is phenomenal. That's my favorite park in the majors. Right? Oh it, uh, yeah. If it wasn't in Pittsburgh, it'd be my favorite park in the majors too. <laughs> it's just in uh, fucking Pittsburgh. That's the only issue with it. But I will that say. That place is beautiful though. It's sick. I will say I had maybe the coolest experience of my career when it comes to post-game hangs in Pittsburgh. Because Carlos took us to the wine cellar of the Roberto Clemente Museum. Oh, you, are, yeah. you went down there with Dwayne. Dwayne took us down there. It was so cool, man. Like, it, it was incredible. And we just had, and Carlos, like, everybody had told me, and I knew Carlos a little bit from you, you know, and everybody had told me, like, dude, Carlos is like, the most incredible, generous teammate. Like what he like brought in a bunch of Robert Graham bags from everyone on the S crew. Like he dude, the way he took care of us and like set up this experience for us there, it was amazing. And he took the, he took the entire crew out. And my, 
best friend who I grew up with, uh, he came out to, to come to a game and hang with me for a day. And so he got this experience too. Al, shout out Al. And he was just like, I'm like, dude, you hit the jackpot. You pick one game to come meet me out at. It happens to be the coolest experience I've ever had. Like, <laughs> you, you get to enjoy it. We just had a blast listening to Carlos tell stories as we're drinking wine in the wine cellar of the Roberto Clemente Museum. Like, it was amazing, man. It was That's so it. cool. Yeah. That's super dope. So it made me, made me feel a little better about Pittsburgh. Right? Yeah. That's like, <laughs> you know, it's always kind of like, this is how I felt, too, about, like, and Kevin Love wanted to stay in Cleveland, you know? And I'm like, you know, like, he he apparently has a beautiful home there. He knows, like, Cleveland has a sneaky great food scene that he knows really well. And so it's like, he has his spots. And so I could see where it's a great setup for him. So, like, if you have your spots, right, any city can kind of be an awesome city to be at. Yeah, no, a thousand percent. And, and that was me when I was in Cleveland. I was like, oh, I mean, I can, this can work. You know what I'm saying? Like, I can stay here for forever. Yeah. It was just, it wasn't going to work with the money. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But as far yeah. as, like, being able to settle in Cleveland and stay, I mean, Milwaukee was the same way. Yeah. Yeah. I got there and was and was locked in so quick and was, like, settled in. And I was like, oh, this is, this is great. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So, I mean, yeah, that, that can, that can happen uh, where you just get so comfortable in a place. And like you said, you have your spots and. Your family's comfortable there, and it's easy living, cuz. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Three beat writers in Cleveland. <laughs> <laughs> by, by the way, I, I one of the series I had during this Yankee road trip uh, was... Was Cleveland, Was right? Cleveland, yes. Um, I said the Guardians every time. I never slipped did up. Did you? Every nice. time. Every nice. time. Not one time on air did I not say the Guardians. Man, not you once. Know how many, you know how many times I got that? Did you go to the clubhouse? Did you go in the clubhouse? The Yankee clubhouse? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Have you seen that cutout cardboard thing of me in there that Willie keeps? Oh, I don't Willie know if I saw this, it. Really? Willie keeps this fucking cardboard cutout thing of me. Really? Um, I mean, I've seen, I from, know they have the video games in that clubhouse. From 2003. They got like Duck Hunter or whatever in that clubhouse or NBA Jam. It's, it's look, it's this thing. This thing is like, can oh you see that? Oh my gosh, yes. So it, just for you, those of you who are just listening, C is there's a, like a two, him in an bro, Indians uniform, like a fat head of it, like it's cut like out. 2003. So Willie keeps that in the clubhouse. So every time the Yankees go in there or somebody goes in there, I know they send me a picture of that fucking. Me in that cutout, bro. Oh, like that's crazy. This shit is hilarious. So I got 15 pictures where the Indi I mean where the Yankees were playing the Guardians that week. Oh, that's <laughs> funny, man. I um I have to say it was very cool as someone who's your friend and and who likes to hear nice things said about you, which you know is almost always the case, of course. But the people in Cleveland just love you, man. The reverence that the people around that organization have for you, it was really cool for me to see, man, after all this time. Like they, I think they look at you as, you know, one of their sons, right? Absolutely. Like, yeah. And, and it was really cool to see whether it was Tom Hamilton or whoever else it was like everybody like, how CC, oh, we miss him. We love yeah. him. It Those are really people, cool. man. I love, especially Tommy and, yeah. and uh, Arch, you know, yeah. and, and the guys that do the TV. I mean, I, I love um, all those people up there in Cleveland. And that's why it was so hard for me to leave. So I get to go back there next Next month, the end of next month, uh, the traveling secretary is actually retiring and they're having like a, a golf outing. So 
uh, I get to hang in Cleveland for a couple of days. Nice, man. Oh, that's great. Which one other thing that stood out from my road trip, how many people, well, first of all, dude, Pittsburgh, it was like old days, Yankees, the way the fans were gathered outside the hotel in Pittsburgh. It, oh, really? Oh, my gosh, man. Like, you know how now most cities you're going to have, like, whatever, 10, 15, maybe 20 fans outside the hotel, right? Like, most cities now. In Pittsburgh, there was 100-plus people, like, outside the hotel every day. Like, and to the point that, like, I'm walking out and getting, like, you know, constant love. And so I bring this up just to say, I got so much R2C2 love on this road trip. Like so many, I'm, <laughs> I'm coming out of the hotel. Ryan, we love R2C2. We love R2C2. Yeah. Like even there were some members of um, the media relations staff at like different cities who were coming up to me, telling me they love the pod too, but a lot of different fans. And then WNBA all-star this weekend had a couple people come up to me from where was all-star this weekend? Where was it? Chicago. Chicago, okay. So I got to tell you, man, people talk about like the evolution of the league or seeing growth or whatever. Um, and it's funny because Sue had this article where she was like, this is going to sound silly, but the parties matter. They sort of like show the cultural revolu- the, the cultural relevance and evolution and everything. The evolution of the experience around WNBA All-Star and the parties and everything, it is wild for me to see where it's at today versus 10 years ago when I started. Because... Like Candace Parker brought this up and she was kind of the host of the weekend uh, uh-huh. in Chicago. And she's so right. She's like 2011, her first all-star game. And she was like, I remember walking in and there was like one person with a camera, like, and that was it. And now there's all these like legit party. I mean, it's it's like what it's like at NBA all-star. At NBA all-star. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it was, uh, it was great, man. It was great. Did you call that game or did you I just did. go? Yeah, okay. I called it, which was fun. Sylvia Fowles, who's also retiring after this year, legend in the game. She had a really cool game. So it's her final All-Star game. She's in her 15th year, and she's a center. She's, you know, might be the greatest center in the history of the league, right? And she hits a three on the first possession of the game, which she, <laughs> which she has one career three-point make on one career attempt, right? She hits a three. She had a ridiculous rejection, smacking it off the backboard and it flying back like an absurd rejection. And then she dunked in transition off a steal, like all like in the natural flow of action. She hadn't dunked in a game since 2008. It's been <laughs> she's in her final year. She That's sick. 14 years ago when she last dunked in a game. It was really cool, man. It was really That's cool. Sick. Yeah, it was a good event. It was a good event. Um which actually brings me to a couple questions that people brought to us uh, on Twitter. See, uh, Connor McGuire asked an interesting one. He said, would CC rather win the 23 American century championship, the golf outing Steve was just talking about in Tahoe or have the Yankees win the 22 world series. Oh, I'm never going to win that golf outing. I want the Yankees to win the world series. <laughs> All right, good. 22 world series. I want that too. Cause you know, Usually the broadcasters get a ring, and I really want one of those. So, <laughs> so, that, so, so I got some vested interest. Do the broadcasters there. get a ring for real? They do. They do. Nice. Yeah. Mo- I mean, most organizations. One thing the Yankees do, which is really cool, or at least this is what they've always done in the past, and they did in '09. So, some organizations have different, like, different kinds of rings depending on player, whatever you know, staff, yeah. uh, broadcasters. The Yankees have the same ring for everybody. 
In the past, they have anyway. Yeah. That's fire. So don't change now, guys. Don't change now. <laughs> like, it's really cool. And, you know, while obviously the players, you guys are the ones who actually win it, right? But what I think is so nice about that is it makes everyone so invested in the franchise, right? In the organization. Oh, yeah. You know, like it's it's um it's a really cool thing because everybody feels and celebrates that accomplishment. And then I think also it motivates you, you know, to uh I, I think the years that you win the World Series, I think it's I think it's top to bottom. I think it's organizational wide. I think, you know, I think I think it has to be everybody pulling on the same side of the road. You know what I'm saying? Whether it's the people in the clubhouse, upstairs, on the field, everything. So, yeah, I mean, I I didn't know that the broadcasters get a ring. I thought I think that's dope, but I think everybody in the organization that has something to do with the day to day operation should definitely get a ring. So, if, years that. Well, I love hearing you say that. Um, so, if we're doing an R two C two live in 2023 April before opening day, and and I have on a a Yankees World Series ring, you're not going to be like. Why are you wearing that? You're gonna re- you're, oh, you're no. gonna be okay. I'm gonna definitely kill you, but it's, <laughs> but it's, it's fine that you got it. You have it. <laughs> uh, it's it's um. You won't you won't have it by then anyway. By April opening day, no, you probably get it on opening day. Yeah, that's right. I have to wait a little bit. That's a goal, man. And this is a special team. You know, they have a. I, I think this is the way I look at it right now. See. Like, this is a special team. This is a special season. It's funny because I watch every game through the prism of are they going to set the wins record? So even like losing those last two games where they had leads against the Red Sox, you know, I'm not in any way worried about the division, right? But I just think of it as like, ah, I want to see them get to 117 wins, you know? I don't. Because you don't want that pressure in the playoffs? No, I don't. I mean, the, 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 the teams that always have the greatest regular, regular seasons never win, guys. I know. I know. The only team, the only team that's ever won that had that great regular season was that 90, what was it? The Bulls team. It was in 98 or 96, whatever. Uh, when they won 72. It, yeah. yeah, it was uh, 96. Yeah, it was. Um, it was or was it 96, 97, 95, 96, 95, 96, 95, 96. Yeah. Um, like other than that, like, man. Yeah. Like, Pace yourself, guys. Fuck these games. It's hot out here. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> just play fucking uh, even baseball in July and August. Uh, Ramp it back up in September. Who gives a fuck about the wins? Be ready to fucking play the Astros come the end of fucking October. Well, so here's the thing. I want us playing a little better than 500 in July and August, but... Man, I don't give a shit. But, we got 15-game lead. But you're right about the Astros thing. Because I think what the matchups head to head have shown with the Astros is there's still a little work to be done there. You know, as good as his team has been all season long, that no, it's a, it's a lot of work to be done. You know what I'm saying? Like it's it's. I think you know the best thing that we can do is make sure that that series is here in the Bronx. Yeah, right. You have you know home home field. I, I think, yeah. I think I think in the years, the last couple of years that we've played them, they've had home field. You're right. So so I think the best thing that we can do is just make sure that that game seven is going to be here. Um, and other than that, I mean, it's two evenly matched teams, guys. Like yeah, and and, and I, you could even maybe even give the edge to the Astros because they've been yeah. to the World Series in the last couple of years. You know what I'm saying? We haven't gotten over that hurdle, so. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, as magical as this season has been up to this point, we ain't even at the All Star break, and you know, we still, we still gonna, we gonna, we gonna need maybe some bullpen help, um, 
and and we're gonna have to see what you know what happens. Um, you know, with the trade deadline, but. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a lot of work to be done, guys. It's going to be fun, though. It's it, going to be stressful, but it's going to be fun. I know, man. My Knock on wood, everyone stays healthy. I want to see that matchup with the ALCS. Yankees, Astros, go at it. And see, I agree. I think there's like a there's still a little roster tweaking. As good as this Yankee team is, and it is, it is a great team. Like something, and Carpenter changes the equation a little bit because uh-huh. now that he can play the outfield some um, with the way he's he's been hitting, but... Something needs to happen with Gallo, you know, and I think like I would love to see the Yankees uh, get in on Benintendi. I think he's the right kind of hitter for their lineup, contact oriented, but he's a guy who's in his walk year. So you're only giving up, but so much for him. Curious what it would take, but I would like his bat in the Yankee lineup. He's the kind of hitter. He's also done it in the playoffs. Um, and Gallo, I think, you know, he, probably it'd be best for his career to relocate as well. Is Gallo a free agent? He's a free agent at the end. I think he's a free agent at the end of this year. Yeah. Okay. I'm pretty sure he's a free agent at the end of this year. 99% sure. It's either the end of this year or the end of next year, but I think it's the end of this year. Maybe Sadie or Atta can look that up to make sure, but I'm pretty sure it's the end of uh, the end of this year. Um, And then what about Castillo, man? End of this year, Sadie confirms. What about Castillo? If you're the Yankees, would you be would you be interested in Luis Castillo, who's going to start the third game of the series uh, between the Yankees and Reds? By the way, I would be. Yeah, I would be too. I would be. Um, uh, uh, another starter and some bullpen help. Yeah, that's that's what I would like too. Because as good as the rotation has been, um, you know, at some point someone could get hurt. Plus, you've had a couple guys come back to the pack a little bit over the last month plus. Um, and I feel like I want one more, like, dominant, like, like can shut you down starter to go with Cole and Seve. You know, like, I want one more guy who I'm like, they might just throw seven innings of two-hit ball with 10 strikeouts, you know? Yes. Like, which Castillo is that kind of dude, you know? he's. This year, he's 71 innings, allowed just 55 hits, 74 strikeouts, 292 ERA. Uh, remember, National League ERAs now are, you know, like American League ERAs. Yeah, because you know? they have the DHs. Yep, exactly. Yeah. Um, so he also has given them length, man. Like, if you look at his starts, his last here, – here's just his last uh, – take a look at his last seven. Seven innings, seven innings, six innings. Five innings, seven innings, six innings, six and a third innings, you know? So, but he's going to cost you Peraza or Volpe. Like, you're going to have to probably give up one of those shortstops to get him. If you, you giving those up? I don't know, man, because I really, really like both of them. But see, here's my thing. If I'm the Yankees, I have a very unique opportunity this year. Like, this is a team that absolutely positively can win a World Series. You got to do what you got to do. So you giving up one of those guys? I think ultimately, yes. Ultimately, Oof. I am. I don't want to. Oof. I don't want to. I'm going to try long, and do it without. How long are you going to get, get Castillo for? Is he, is he a free agent after this? I think he has next year under contract, too. I think he has one more year. Uh, let me uh, see. Let me see. Oh, he may not, actually. No, nah, I'm not giving. I'm not. I'm not doing that, guys. Let me see if he has one more year, if he's. If he's uh, if he's got, he has 
No, he's a free agent after. Oh, uh, no, wait, no. Not. Oh, this is weird. It says it says he has one more year of ARB eligibility. I think he has one more year. It's a little his it's a little confusing actually for his uh on his baseball reference, but I think he has I think he has one more year of arbitration. So you get Man. you get one more year of him. You get a year and a half of him. I, I don't think I would give up Bopey. Yeah. Would you give up? Would you give up Parasa? It's tough. I would. If you had to, I right? Mean, uh, if I had to, yeah. I would. I think Castillo's the kind um, of guy you might have to. And, I mean, what if maybe, like, if it's like a Jason Dominguez? Yeah. I mean, I think you're probably going to have to give up something from Dominguez, Volpe, and, uh, and Peraza. You, those are the three you don't want to give up, right? And then you, yeah, and then you don't want to, man, you don't want to give up if, Medina. Yeah, but look at like how that worked out for the Cubs. You know what I'm saying? Like they ended up they they traded the all um, those prospects and then they got Chappie and it ended up working out. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. So oh yeah, man. oh yeah, man. That's why it's tough to be a GM. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. especially in in these type of years when you know that this team is set to like, you know, you know maybe do something special. But then it's just that 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 risk of if if you give up one of your guys and then it doesn't happen, it's like fuck. Yeah, and then you see them become a perennial all star. Yeah, yeah, I know, man, I know. Now along these lines, I, that's a tough look. If I'm cash, I'm trying to exhaust everything I can without giving up one of those two shortstops. But if I believe that Luis Castillo is going to be the difference between me winning the World Series and not then I'm going to do what I got to do to have him. But if you don't believe that, if you don't believe he's the difference, then you're not giving up one of those guys. Yeah. But true. Um, he, that this kind of leads to another Twitter question. We got see, um, where was this one? Uh, Max Greenfield said, see, who's your favorite young? Do you have a favorite young player in the Yankee system? I know you've mentioned Luis Medina in the past. Yeah. Um, Man, I, I think right now, I guess it would be Volpe. You know what I'm saying? Just watching what he's been able to do, um, you know, at Double A. Um, you know, I'm excited to see him in the Futures game. I get to see him out in L.A. on Sunday. Um, so I guess just right now it will be him. Um, yeah, I mean, he's he's one of the best prospects in the game. So I would go Volpe. And by the way, he's crazy fast. Well, he has 35 stolen bases. Um, which kudos to the Yankees organization as a whole for the way they've like tapped into the running game. They've been running a lot down there, yeah. which is great. You know what I'm saying? Which is something that, you know, we traditionally haven't done. So yeah. I think that's awesome. And then at the big league level, they're top five in stolen bases, uh, you know, which is incredible and limiting the running game, which Boone pointed to for like some of the main reasons why they're better this year. That was one of the first things he brought up the way they've improved on both sides of the running game. See, how about um, uh, Volpe defensively? I haven't gotten to watch him much. How does he look at short to you? Or have Man, you seen I it? I haven't, I, haven't, I haven't really seen much of him playing shortstop. That's why I'm excited to be able to get a chance to see him in the second half. Um, you know, he's right here in Somerset. So, I'll, you know, as you know, the summer kind of calms down, I'll be, be able to get a chance to go see him play some defense and watch him a couple of games in a row. I mean, it's one thing to see highlights, but you have to see it. You know, you have to see a guy, like, for a series. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Dude, it's so true. Like, it, it's no different. When I, I think this all the time, NBA-wise. 
which in basketball, I think sometimes it's easier than in baseball, right? To see a guy and kind of get a feel. But like when you watch a guy day in, day out, you're like, okay, like I know this player contributes to winning in this way or they don't. I know they cover this ground or they don't. Like watching Glaber day in and day out at short versus second, right? It's very clear. Like at second base, he is a plus defender. I watch him day in, day out. I'm like, that guy can really field over there, covers ground. At short, it was like, you know, regardless of what metrics say at a different moment, which eventually they weren't kind to him, but you're kind of like, no, like, you know, he he doesn't look as comfortable. And you can kind of tell, right? Like, it, I'm trying to think of who those kind of players were who you watch, you know, every day. You know what? IKF is a guy who I watch at shortstop, and I'm like, you know, I feel like he covers really good ground, to his left, watching him day in, day out compared to what I've been used to in recent years at short. Right. And I feel, and I feel comfortable with it like that. He also may like botch a routine throw every once in a while. Like this is the kind of thing you learn watching him over time, you know, uh, yeah, like, yeah. um, and, uh, and I like basketball wise, dude, it's funny how many guys who you think like, Oh, that's a good role player or whatever. You watch them every day then on your team, like when they come to the Nets and I see them all the time and I'm like, I don't think that guy's in a championship rotation, you know, like, I, I don't see it, you know, like, or like you kind of know, like, yeah, they're not handling that or like they do something that you could only see if you watch them a lot of times, like, yeah, like dumb take fouls, you know, like that, that kind of thing or knack for a big shot. Like, so I agree. You can't, you, it, it'd be good to see Volpe for, a bunch of games. Of days, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then get a feel for it. Um, Nick Reddings 20 says, best Jeter moment. What's your favorite Jeter moment? Um, I think my, my favorite Jeter moment was probably uh, the last game that he played. Um, when he got the base hit against Baltimore. Um, just the way that kind of all played out. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. I think it would have been... Super anticlimactic if if we would have just won that game. You know what I'm saying? The way it was happened, like it was kind of a boring game. He hadn't really done anything. Well, he had to double like, his first at bat off the wall. Yeah, yeah, but like you know, that was early in the game, and like the you know, we wanted something like to celebrate at the end. Yeah. Um, you know, so the way it kind of all played out, D. Rob hadn't given up you know, any runs in the ninth inning, you know, that whole year. And then he gave up three or four. Like, it was just crazy. Um, you know, and just the way the whole thing played out was was super cool. So I think, for me, it would have been that last game for sure. It is amazing how Derek, like, he just, he would manifest these perfectly charmed moments, you know? Like, like you just knew the last game for Derek Jeter is going to have that kind of ending. And it's gonna have that inning. Yeah. If you if if that was a movie, I wouldn't even watch that shit, bro. <laughs> it's incredible. I'm so excited to watch the Captain Doc. Man, I am I can't wait to I cannot wait to see the the Captain Doc. Because for me, I'll soak up any Derek Jeter content. And when I got like Jimmy Jimmy Tranya of Sports Illustrated, who's like the biggest Jeter fan, but also a media critic, being like He's, he's like, if you are a Yankee fan, if you are a Jeter fan, this is porn. Like, then I know it's going to be great. <laughs> I, I, I know. It's, it's good. Yeah, man. I can't wait. I'm so, it's I'm, definitely good. I am so excited. July 18th premiere 
uh, on ESPN. So very, very, very much looking forward to that. What day is July 18th? That's next week, right? Yeah, that's... um. That is next Monday. Monday, man. Yeah, Monday. Nice. I got plans on Monday, July 18th. Um, oh, man, Derby. Yeah. Actually, I do have plans on Monday, July 18th, because we, my friend, uh, we should let people know that um, we are going to uh, have next week, we were going to be live uh, at MLB All-Star on yes. t- Tuesday, July 19th in L.A., at the T-Mobile store uh, at the Santa Monica Promenade. We're recording at noon Pacific with a live audience. It's 1410 3rd Street. So fans, come to the T-Mobile store. Check us out. We're going to be recording a live pod uh, for an hour and a half beginning at noon Pacific. Um, really excited for that, see? Uh, that's going to be a blast. It's going to be a great vibe in L.A. Nah, it's going to be fun. This is going to be our first time doing a live show, so I think it's going to be lit, man. It's, especially at All-Star, like, people are going to be excited to be, um, you know, at the game. We're doing it the day of the game. Um, so it's just going to be fun. I, I mean, All-Star this year is going to be lit, because, yeah. like, it's in L.A. Jeter's got his doc coming out. His ass is going to be there. Like, it's going to be a lot of fun this weekend. So um, looking forward to it, man. I think I think Tuesday's going to be fun. It's going to be dope. Is Derek throwing a party out there, see? Couple. He is, really. Couple. Really. Couple. What what are the chances you could get your boy into Derek's party? Nah, I got you. I just got an invite for one, but I'm about to text him. Like one of the times is like all fucked up. I'm like, why would you pick this time for this t- for this party? Is it like, is it like a brunch? No, it's like he picked the one of the parties is like right at the time of of, of one of the events. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Really? Got you. Well, yeah. well, but no, we good because we locked yeah. in. I got you. I all got right, you out right, there. All right, good. That's what I like to hear. You know, I'll change. I'll change my flight if that's what, if that's what it takes. <laughs> uh, make sure I get in for it. No, nah, it's parties. All it's part. You know, it's parties. Fanatics is having a party. Uh, Players Alliance. We're having a party Sunday night. Um, it's gonna be a lot of fun. Awesome. It's gonna be awesome. We're so excited for it. Uh, you guys all make sure. Um, and see, aren't you in the celebrity game too? I am. I'm I'm about to go to I'm about to go right now to uh close out bats. Shout out to close out bats in Westwood, New Jersey. I'm about to go get me a softball bat because nice. last year they had them little ass bats and I couldn't get extended. <laughs> I gotta make sure I got me some shit where I can get extended this year. <laughs> good. good. So there'll be no excuse if you don't go yard. And and I need some fire cleats, huh? I need like some fire ass shoes. Yeah, man. You come on now. Of course you do. Got yeah, it. I didn't even think about this. What am I doing? Uh, well, better right. go take care of that, too. All right, you guys know the deal. We're going to be live at MLB All-Star Tuesday, July 19th in L.A. at the T-Mobile Store, Santa Monica Promenade, recording at noon Pacific with a live audience. That's 1410 3rd Street. Make sure you all come out, say hi to us, say what up, uh, and come check out the podcast. A big shout-out to Atta, uh, to our coordinating producer, Sadie Zillow, uh, handles everything. and. Um, and uh, and this, they both do such a wonderful job of of getting us uh, getting us through everything we do at R two C two. You guys know the deal. New episodes every Thursday. Bonus episodes as well. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast, and make sure you're subscribed on YouTube. We have our own YouTube channel, so you can watch us. Um, you know, when you're at work, you want to listen something in the background. Boom, pull it up on YouTube uh, and follow us on social channels as well. See, I'll see you in LA, my friend. Yes, sir. Peace. Peace.